0: It is Thursday on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here. On our Tuesday podcast, we had dug into the Denver offense and continuing with our breakdowns of the different units out there. We're going to be digging into the Carolina offense today, actually. And for that, we're bringing on a fellow ITP writer, Ted Wynn, who has been working on a series of articles that are going to be uh, coming out really over the next couple days here for Inside the Pylon. Uh, and so before introducing Ted, I just want to bring Mark in. Mark, I trust uh, everything's going pretty well for you?
1: Going well. Locked and loaded, ready to go.
0: <laughs> Outstanding. And, uh, Ted, how are you? This is the first time we've had you on here.
2: Yeah, feeling am good. Good to finally talk to you guys.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, uh, you know, in particular, you had done some work uh, previously uh, looking at some of the run pass option stuff uh, that Carolina likes to run. Before we dig into, I guess, some of the other things, talk about just some of the work that you've done looking at that previously.
2: Uh, so I wrote an article about three different ways to run power, and in that article, we had uh, I talked about Carolina's uh, power with Cam Newton, uh, their power option, and I wrote a second article about their uh, run pass option with the quarterback sweep and a quad quad screen option on the back side.
0: What exactly is it with uh, with their run pass option that makes it unique and different from some of the other uh, schemes that we see in the NFL? Uh, well,
2: Carolina's run pass options, uh, well, a lot of it has, uh, you know, involves quarterback runs. And I think in the NFL, there's a lot of run pass options don't. Really include quarterback runs to either throw the ball or it can be a handoff. But you know, since Carolina has Cam Newton, they're not scared to run him down after down. Uh, they have a run pass option where they could throw the ball, throw the screen, or they could you know have a uh, option run with it too.
0: Is this something that, when you look at the Denver defense and how it matches up with Carolina, is that wrinkle something that could potentially give them a little bit of trouble? We saw in the AFC Championship game, those edge rushers for Denver really getting upfield pretty quickly here. Is that potential for Newton to run off the edge something that may be able to slow them down a little bit, just that threat of him coming through if they go wide?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think any time that defense plays a quarterback that can run, they have to slow down their rush a little bit so they don't open up those rush lanes. Uh, I think you know all week they're going to be practicing run integrity and not overrunning the running over running overrunning the quarterback and letting
1: the quarterback slip through. Said one thing I've been wondering about, looking forward to this game is how Denver's going to react when Carolina lines up when they go two backs in the backfield, which gives them a lot of different ways to attack an, a defense. They can go run pass option. They can do what they did um, in the playoffs, where they showed you know screen to one side and then a run pass option back to the other side. An article, you, another article you wrote about. What do you think Denver's going to do when they kind of see that you know twenty twenty one personnel type look?
2: Uh, I think. One thing that's a little unique about Denver's defense is uh, that they will stay in a three, a true three-four, even if they're going against a spread team. Uh, with a lot of three-four teams, when they see a spread team, they'll you know k- kick one of their ends out and they'll have a kind of four-two look to them. But Wade Phillips is a you know, true three-four guy and running it forever, and he's not afraid to stay in his three-four even if there's, you know, four wide or two backs in the backfield, three receivers, still will stay in a 3-4 and keep a uh, seven-man box. And, uh, you know, he's, he could do that because he has the guys to cover and uh, he's not afraid to leave the guys on the island. So I think um, I looked at the Kansas City game where they played uh, uh, KC when they run a lot of zone reads and things like that and they run out of spread. Uh And, you know, they stayed in the 3-4. They're pretty true to the 3-4. So I think even with two backs or one back in the backfield, they're going to keep their seven-man box. That's what they want to do.
0: And you get the sense when you look at the personnel that that Denver defense has, it doesn't appear when you look at the matchups, just you know, initially, that there is really a huge threat for Carolina that's going to push them to to move more than you know seven. To, they'll be able to keep those seven men in the box. You don't think there's going to be any reason in the passing game that they're going to have to start dropping extra guys back into coverage? No, I don't
2: think so because you know they just went from. Seeing Antonio Brown and Marquise Bryant uh, to go into the past game, where they have to see Edelman and Gronkowski, and now they're going to the Carolina game, where you know they Carolina has better receivers than people give them credit for, but they're all, they're all you know they're not all complete wide receivers. Besides Greg Olson, like Teddy Jr. is a you know great speed guy, but and he's improved his route running, but he's still not very physical. They have Funches, who is a good route runner, but he's not that fast. So, you know, they're kind of role players, and I think Denver's corners and safeties are going to have, you know, not too – they're going to be able to shut him down without much help coming from the front.
1: Ted, thinking about uh, Greg Olson, um, do you think that he's going to kind of pose some matchup problems, maybe even working underneath against those linebackers? Do you think that given the talent that this uh, Denver defense has, they'll be able to shut him down as well?
2: Uh I think he's going to be the you know the big X factor. I mean everybody knows Greg Olson's um a great receiver, but I think he's going to be um the Denver's biggest threat, I think. I think they're going to be able to shut down the run game uh with their front seven. You know, I I don't think a lot of people think that, but I I have you know great confidence that I think the front seven is going to be able to give Carolina's run game a lot of trouble. Uh, but I think Greg Olson's going to be uh, a big factor in whether Carolina can be able to move the ball consistently. I mean, they have uh, Ward, who's a good safety, and they have Harris, who they like to mix in there, covering tight ends. Um, but, you know, you saw what Gronkowski was able to do them last week. Uh, that's definitely uh, a weak point of Denver's defense is covering tight ends.
1: Ted, if you were kind of putting together a game plan uh, with the weapons that Carolina has on this offensive side to attack this Denver uh, defense and what they'd like to do defensively, what would kind of be your like, one or two focal points, like areas of attack or a scheme that, that you'd try to use to get after this defense?
2: Uh, I'd be really aggressive early on because, you know, first, second down, you're probably going to see a lot of guys in a box and you're going to see a lot more one-on-one matchups early on. Um, but later, you know, when you get to third down where they can start mixing up their blitz packages and, you know, mix up their coverage a little bit, I think Camden is going to have a little bit of trouble if they start getting to those third down areas. So, you know, they were pretty successful doing it against, uh, the Cardinals where they're able to hit big pass plays and early downs. And I think, you know, I would keep that same strategy and try to be aggressive and try to punch them for not, for, you know, putting their guys out on the island early, early in the down count. Uh,
0: Ted, one thing that I wonder about is you look at this, uh, you know, the Denver front seven here, and if you do have to, for whatever reason, if Carolina is able to get out to, uh, you know, it, not necessarily a quick lead, but if they are able to attack early on, uh, you know, in a drive and early on in a set of downs here. is is this a situation where they may be able to exploit a slightly smaller defensive line? Because obviously Denver has a very strong run defense, but it is somewhat keyed on those linebackers being able to fill very well and being close to the line. If they have to be dropping guys back, does that potentially open things up against a slightly smaller defensive line?
2: Yeah, I I definitely think so. I think uh, even in that uh, Arizona game, Whenever Arizona was able to stay in near 3 4 and the seven man in front, they were able to shut down the run game. But uh, what happened was, you know, Carolina hit some deep passes on them early. They had to drop guys back and they went to a kind of a 4 two, 5 look. And, you know, when they do that, you give the numbers advantage to Carolina's run offense because of, you know, the spread and the options. Um, and after that happened, Carolina was able to run all over. And I think the same thing was, would happen in Denver because. You lose the numbers advantage that way, and that's you know the reason why Carolina's been so successful in offense. They always have the numbers advantage.
0: Is Carolina a team that'll run a lot of play action off that, or is it not not something they do a ton of? Uh, they, they
2: definitely run a lot of play action off of their uh, off of their run game. Guys are going to overreact to it. So whatever they're successful running the ball, they go to the play action. We get a deep pass to Teddy Jim or at Greg Olson.
1: Uh, Ted, one of the things that Carolina likes to do to kind of scheme Greg Olson open is kind of get him in you know, a three-by-one alignment where he's the single receiver one side of the field or the other. Is that something you would anticipate that they would do in this Super Bowl matchup? Do you think that's something they might try to get you know Olson matched up on somebody other than Chris Harris? And building off of that, in looking at Denver, do, they, do their corners travel at all or do they stay one side of the field only?
2: Uh, the games that I studied them, they did travel. Uh, Chris Harris plays in the slot a lot, actually. And uh, I, I remember seeing Khalid travel a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, you know Harris come out of the slot. Hey, if, he's, if he's assigned to Olsen, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out with Olsen if he decided to single him up. And I do think that's a strategy that Carolina could use, because uh, earlier in the year when Denver played New England, they did that a lot with Gronkowski uh put them out and put them outside and single them up and they had a lot of success doing that
0: ted one thing that i think a lot of people have you know come around on over the course of this year is Cam Newton as a passer. We did still see uh, an interception in the championship game uh, that was largely, I think, the result of an overthrow. But what have you seen from him in the passing game, just in terms of you know ball placement and what he's able to do there uh, at this point? If he does have opportunities, is he going to be able to take advantage of them against this Denver defense? Yeah,
2: I, th- I think he's improved a lot as a passer uh, in the past few years. Um, but he's still, he's still a little inconsistent with his accuracy. I mean, I think his deep accuracy is his strength, but he does miss occasionally you know, a wide-open intermediate or short pass. I think that's what Denver has to force him to do. They have to force him to pass the ball consistently underneath uh, in tight windows. And I think they're going to be able
1: to do that with a couple of guys. Ted, if we're like, say, you know, early into the second quarter, um, and we've seen so maybe a couple of drives from Carolina, putting aside what the score might be, what would you like to see them be able to do that will give you the impression that they're going to go ahead and be able to win this game? Like, I'm not saying, you know, they need to come out and score like touchdown after touchdown, but if there's an area where they can have some consistent success for them to win, what would that be?
2: I'd say they they have to hit some deep passes. I mean, I know it's not uh, they probably won't be able to do that consistently, but I think they have to hit some deep passes early in the game, and then after they do that, then they could get into their regular offense. And when they get into regular offense, they're extremely dangerous. But they have to you know open up that Denver defense a little bit or spread them out.
0: Ted, uh, one last question we've got about two minutes left here, and talking about uh, the running game, I know, again, you've written quite a bit uh, on that power running game that they do have there. Talk a little bit about, about how they scheme, where they tend to run to, the types of things they like to do in that running game.
2: I wrote a lot about their uh, power running game, but what you know, their big run play, or their bread and butter run play, is the zone read, and you know the split, you know, split zone read off of that. Um, they run a lot of zone read towards uh, the one-tech side. So uh, they'll run a lot of zone reads towards the one-tech and the back will cut back off the one-tech. And that's just a big gap for uh, defensive end of uh, Phil. And, you know, the defensive end is the read man on the zone read, And with the one-tech on his side, he has to kind of play the B-gap and he has to play the quarter, quarterback, too. So that's extremely hard for him to do. So when... Well, people start adjusting to it. They'll put a the three-tech on the back side and a one-tech on the front side when Carolina starts running their zone read at them. And when they do that, that's when Carolina starts running their power at the one-tech because the front side B-gap so wide open when they do that.
0: Outstanding. Well, Ted, I appreciate you joining us today. I know uh, certainly all of our listeners do too. I know you've done a lot of work looking into this Panthers offense here. That is all the time that we have for the day, actually. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to do a final look at the third phase here, digging into all the special teams information so that you have info on both offenses as well as what happens when we're in transition. That's going to be coming up tomorrow on the Quick Kicks Podcast. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, and Ted Wynn. We'll see you later.